Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, the only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. It's already the end of the week, but don't worry. Morning Meeting has you covered with everything you need to know heading into the weekend before Thanksgiving. Sean Seacrease, Quaid, are your headphones on backwards? Uh, they just look odd for a minute there. Uh, it's the Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Odd is right up our alley. Uh, are you saying maybe my head's odd because the, <laughs> the headset is on correct? Well, you got the double headband going, so maybe oh, yeah, that was uh, just visually. That's nothing new, though. Tricking me. Okay. Throwing me off. Producer Josh is here with us as well. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, on the way in just a little less than 30 minutes here on the Morning Meeting. Quaid Town Hall put together an article called The Beautiful Map of 2018. This is the midterm election that we've been talking about just a little bit around the edges. But if you're a Democrat or if you're a part of the Democratic Party and thought things couldn't get worse than they did with the surprise election of President-elect Trump this year, then, well, you might want to avert your eyes because of the 33 Senate seats that are going to be contested in 2018, Democrats will be defending, defending 25. They'll be out of power in the Oval Office. They'll be sort of on their heels from this election, and now you have to defend 25 seats in a body in which you already are the minority. Yeah, well, it it kind of echoes what we heard Aaron Baker say yesterday about the Democrat Party in the state of of Missouri, that they've kind of uh, retreated to their own little enclaves in St. Louis, Certain parts of Kansas City, college campuses. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking mainly about the University of Missouri in uh, Columbia. Uh, in, in different parts of the country, it's it's kind of that way as well. So if you're a Democrat right now, you're kind of hoping that that Trump, st- you know, steps in it. Yeah, and, and then you can kind of start to to build something off of that because. Over the last, well, I guess you could take it back to 2010. Over the last few elections, mm-hmm. Republicans have gained ground, gained more ground, and get to the point where you're at, you're, you are where you're at now, and and you're looking at if if momentum continues, uh, being reduced to a a hyper minority. I'll mm-hmm. invent the word now, a hyper minority. I think that's a great word because it's instantly grokkable. You can understand what hyper-minority is if you haven't even heard the concept before. And let's be honest, the GOP should have another seat in the Senate already had Todd Akin not stumbled into the phrase legitimate sure. rape. Sure. That's that's the only reason Claire McCaskill won that seat. Uh, she was way behind. Way behind. And all of a sudden, literally on that turn of phrase was able to flip an election mm-hmm. in, in the minds of the people. And that essentially, again, with, with the aid of the media, the media hel- helping out. Um, so uh, you, you can certainly uh, make the case, and, and maybe this is why Claire McCaskill positioning herself as the uh, underdog 
uh, heading forward over the next couple of years. We'll talk a little bit about this with Craig Robinson, too. Is there sort of a, from a campaign manager's point of view, will there be sort of a nationally managed overarching umbrella approach or will it be left to the individual campaigns in those states if you were looking at the democrat party right now i think if i'm claire mccaskill or or i'm pick your democrat incumbent heading into the next couple of years i think as of today you kind of got to put your own thing together because the the dnc is kind of a mess Mm -hmm. and uh, we talked about it earlier this week. Whose party is it? Is it Bernie Sanders' party? Is it Elizabeth Warren's party? Is it Kanye's party? Is you know, it Keith party Ellison's is it? party? Is Kanye Keith came out and said he would have voted for Trump. He also got booed off stage. Well, for it, but that. he said it. So, <laughs> I mean, when we talk about... If we're in the business of reporting and breaking down what Kanye said, I don't want to do this show anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> um. To be continued. Um, yeah, right now, if I'm, again, if I'm a Democrat senator or Congress from somewhere, I'm kind of taking it upon myself and uh, bootstrapping my, my own campaign right now because, uh, what, Keith Ellison's going to bring everybody together? I don't right. know about that. You're kind of, I, I would say you're kind of on your own to, 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 to cobble something together because I don't know that you're going to be getting it from the DNC right Yeah, now. we'll talk with Craig Robinson about this as well coming up this morning here on the morning meeting. Yesterday on our way back to the uh, palatial WTAD studios uh, after lunch, thank you again, uh, you had the opportunity to play photographer. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Here, here we are walking downtown and one third of it, and we see uh, AFSME protesters because yesterday if you remember yesterday was protest day uh because uh, AFSCME and the state of illinois had been officially declared in, at an impasse when it came uh comes to their uh disputed contract right now moving forward so yesterday was day of protest as we were walking back from lunch downtown of quincy we got a chance to see some protesters out on their lunch hour uh, out in front of DCFS mm-hmm. and uh, sure, the government buildings down right, at 3rd and Main. Employment office. Yep. So they were out. I mean, what, a uh, dozen question, and a half? I, I question how, how seriously they're taking this issue, considering they were only willing to protest during their lunch hour. <laughs> Um, one of them was protesting with a sandwich in their hand. So, I, you know, yeah, still, you you're still man, hungry. You got to double up. <laughs> man, you got to double so, up. So one third of our of our lunch party decided they didn't want any part of what we were about to do, which was just walk down into the middle of mm-hmm. them. And we took the opportunity and uh, literally parked ourselves in the median uh, at third uh, and main. And I decided, let's take some pictures. So I started giving them direction. Hey. Get that sign pointed over this way. Get it up higher. You over there. Come on in closer. I want to get both. And they they handled my took my direction well. Did did everything I asked them to do and did it with a smile and snapped off some pictures. And I said thank you. And we, As we were leaving the, the street. Uh, I yeah. think the uh, protester with the ham sandwich asked, "Are you a Facebook us?" And we kind of smiled and said, "Uh huh." <laughs> they didn't ask anything else. Anything else? Yeah. There's... So I, they were there were a few honks of agreement. Um, mm-hmm. I heard. I definitely heard one 
uh, driver or passenger, I couldn't tell which because they were across the intersection who were stopped there. Uh, I heard, definitely heard them ask uh, when they were going to be happy to stop taking the money out of their wallet. Oh, and yeah? They got a, a boo from, from the protesters over on the other side. I just, why not get the bucket out at that point in time? You're yeah, at an intersection. There are stoplights in in you know in at that intersection, three directions. So right. why not why not get the bucket out at that point in time? It, it, it's almost a more honest approach. Is that an overdone trope now? What? Just the bucket in the intersection. I know there are traditional relationships. You see, uh, firefighters have done this where they'll have the boot out. Mm-hmm. For various things, you'll sure. see people collecting for charities. What was uh, the one when we Salvation grew up? Salvation Army already has bell ringers sure. out. What was the one when we were growing up uh, with the newspaper in St. Louis? You know the one I'm talking about? And it was, I mean, it wasn't oh, just, yeah. but it was all over the metro area. Uh, and I can't remember the, the, it was a catchy name that they had for it. But they would be out in intersections all over the the metroplex doing that. I don't know. I it was different. My, my favorite one was different. You actually got something when you gave him money. That was the guy selling Gus's pretzels. <laughs> back that's, in the it's day, a different thing. Back in know? the day, you give him a dollar, you get three of the huge stick pretzels. That's a diff. That's a whole different. Uh, that's thing commerce, going on right? There. Right. You're you're in the middle I of just business. Said it was my favorite. <laughs> I give money all the time when you roll up to those situations. But you're right. I mean, it's I think more honest at that point, more direct, mm-hmm. rather than using. Uh, rather than collecting off the back of tax dollars, it, there was a, a large write-up uh, on this in the uh, Springfield Journal Register because the the main protest was in Springfield, as we detailed yesterday. Mm-hmm. And for the boots on the ground level, AFSCME members who were actually striking, I thought a couple of them came off um, very sane. I'll put it that way. Uh, when asked about what was important to them, none of them said they were worried about the work week going from 37 and a half to 40. Uh, none of them were you know, too worried about those, those sort of little around the fringe things. They were worried about basically three things. They were worried about um, the governor instituting the merit pay system. And this is because you're coming from an organization that views seniority as a as a meritocracy, mm-hmm. even though it's th- those two words are sort of at odds when you use them together. They're worried about their insurance. That's fine. The insurance market in, in what we're doing right now is is not a good situation where we're at. And they're worried about the opportunity for privatization slash outsourcing of their position. It doesn't matter if they negotiate a contract. And then under the provisions of that contract, the governor decides to privatize that section. Then you're just totally out of a job. Yeah. So they're, 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 I understand why they want to bargain. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm siding with their position because their position has been immovable. They are used to dictating terms to previous regimes, and they're trying to continue that. And if they want to play the tortured numbers game of, well, my insurance premium is going up 100%. That, mm. that number doesn't work. you got to tell me what you're paying and then what you're going to be paying in actual dollars and cents because they know they have it so well right now that that do number they? will disconnect them from the general populace. Do they know that? Because that's part of the thing. I don't know that if they— If you're playing the game of percentages rather than raw numbers, that tell me, tells me you know the game is afoot. Well, that means the people who are giving, giving them those numbers. I'm, I'm just talking about the, the, the rank and file. 
who are. I think they're smart enough to know that they've got an, an enviable situation. I'm talking the, the the people who are out in the intersections yesterday I think holding. They know sign. they've got okay. an enviable situation. If they don't, they're operating government at at my local level. Now I'm worried. You know about their qualifications to do that, but this is the thing that I I, I think we we've and you, you, we've talked about it before. We've gotten to a place. The pendulum has swung so far in one direction in regards to government and government employees and taxpayer dollars that there ultimately there's going to have to be you know a, a swing back in the other direction. And I think we're at the beginning of that swing coming back. And you, you have a situation, and, and I think we're going to have this conversation a little bit later on in the show with uh, Craig Robinson vis-a-vis public universities in Iowa. You have mm-hmm. to understand where your money uh, ultimately is coming from and who you answer to. And w- when you think that the, the money you get is, if you can't delude yourself and say, well, I, I get this Magical money comes from somewhere, right? Or I earn it because private <laughs> taxpayers, tax payers. So it, you, as as long as you understand that relationship, and ultimately that's who you answer to, then I think you're you're okay. But if you get out of out of balance and out of whack with those taxpayers and start, I, look. Many taxpayers see this as an abusive relationship, and you've talked about this before. Yes. Um, I'm removing the government part of it. I'm saying the government employee vis-a-vis the taxpayer, whether it's whether it's the AFSCME worker or whether it's you know at a at a public land grant university, the taxpayer feels like they're really at the whip end of this, just getting abused, and that pendulum is going to have to swing back in the direction of. The taxpayer, who ultimately is the one who makes it go, and first to deny all, that is to deny reality. First of all, you're inciting violence with your vicious imagery. <laughs> um, am I being a bully right now? I was asked this after I told a couple of people, you know, that we had wandered by the the uh, milk toast protest uh, here downtown. They said, "Did you did you get in? Did you mix it up?" And I said. I don't go to junior high basketball practice to feel good about myself, <laughs> and I just kind of left it at that. So we didn't, and and it wasn't to 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 go in and mix it up. That to, to us, to me, that was there was a, a news story going on, right? And we just wanted to see it was what about a dozen? You would say a dozen, dozen and a half, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, given. You know, any point in time, it was a decent number. You know, for and for those were, for that intersection, and they were to me, they were the model for protesting. They had their signs. They weren't blocking traffic. They weren't pounding on cars. They didn't set right. anything on fire. Right. You know, they they, they waved their signs. So they, they were nice. They they did their chance. They, they, when they I said, get that pictures. sign. Right. <laughs> you know, and just looking at that, they definitely, AFSCME needs to open up a, a union spot for a cheer coordinator because their their little chants and stuff didn't didn't have much snap to them. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of oomph. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they can open that up. Maybe not. Maybe if that's going to be taxpayer funded, Breathing then maybe exercises, not. It would have to be. Yeah. <laughs> so Stop that's what spending we my money, sir. <laughs> wandered into yesterday as we were uh, returning from lunch, and that those protests went on all around the state, most uh, most vocally and most poignantly in the state capitol. Though coming up this morning here on the morning meeting, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, and the Trump president-elect transition team 
made three big announcements about cabinet-level appointments yesterday. We'll kind of review those coming up here on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Sequis. Who? Wade. Sean Sequis. Did I say C- <laughs> <laughs> My sinuses are draining. I'm just going to be up front with you. And it's <clears throat> leading to some very uncomfortable moments uh, here this morning. But I want to make sure that we cover everything we need to cover on the show here. So if you hear me coughing or or uh, I, I disappear for 60 seconds mm-hmm. or so, you'll know what's going on. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, coming up with us this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, congratulations, Quade. What? You were able to remember old newsboys as soon as we yeah, went to break. went to break. Old newsboys was the one that, from our childhood that uh, stood out as uh, one of the big uh, fundraisers that would clog up uh, intersections around mm-hmm. the metro yeah. area. Uh, yesterday, Trump Tower revealed a couple of uh, key appointments. Now, remember, these are just appointments at this point. They have to be confirmed going forward. But most presidents, you get these confirmed. It's it's a matter of sort of executive privilege to appoint these positions, and then Congress confirms them. Doesn't mean they will be, but that uh, has been the uh, really the the historic trend. Um, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, he was the first senator to really jump on with Trump, Mm -hmm. do a lot of work for him. He has been nominated for attorney general. Many thought this is why Ted Cruz had been seen at Trump Tower. Now, I guess the rumor about the Supreme Court is going to be back in play. So Uh, we'll see where it goes, although he is a little bit on the younger side. Wouldn't be historically young, I don't think, but... On the younger side. Cruz, I mean, we saw Cruz was interested in being AG. Sessions, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you this, Dwayne Lester already this morning after this announcement, a big Cruz backer, has given the thumbs up to Sessions as uh, AG. Mm -hmm. So just if you're you're curious about where Sessions is uh, in the minds of some of our guests, uh, Dwayne Lester, who was a big Cruz backer, still gives the thumbs up to Sessions as AG. And you're right, he's going to have to be confirmed. One guy who isn't going to have to be confirmed, though, was another appointee. Do you have that? I've got two more here. Okay. You want to talk about uh, General Michael Flynn? That's the one. Yep. He has been named National Security Advisor, so that's not a confirmed position. Uh, he's a retired lieutenant general. He was He was sort of flying in the face of some of the other generals who had come out and supported Hillary Clinton. And... You don't usually see the military sort of pick these sides. They usually let the political process just happen in this country. Now, if you do have someone speak out, you do have spokesmen, obviously, for the Pentagon and and other positions where that is their job. And when they're recruited to do so, they'll certainly give their opinion. And it's, it's to me, it was not news that you have educated senior level directors who have differing opinions. So I wasn't surprised to see some with Hillary Clinton and some with Donald Trump, but uh, Flynn was certainly early on with Trump and uh, there's no other way to to describe it other than uh, someone who has been 
the office holder of general would certainly be qualified, I would think, to do something like yeah, this. Yeah, it probably gets that uh, done. As far as the, the, the military and the, the politicking, there's a, the general rule traditionally mm-hmm. is... Uh, I like it, the general rule. In, in, <laughs> that, that in uniform you're not supposed to right. uh, be publicly seen politicking one side or the other. And he and, and we should make note just to be be honest with this. He was retired before mm-hmm. this started. Okay. So he he has been operating as a private citizen. He was retired from his uh, service role at that point. And uh, Kansas congressman, uh, huge Tea Party favorite, uh, Mike Pompeo, now the head of the CIA. That will have to be confirmed. But that's been the nomination uh, for Trump. Um, he was critical of President Obama's nuclear deal with Iran. Uh, he's someone who has been uh, a, an ardent supporter of the Patriot Act. And uh, also, he's been a supporter of the uh, NSA's collection of bulk data. And this is where he and I would kind of philosophically run afoul of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not for that level of information collecting on those that you are charged with protecting. I understand you have to have some data, but to me now, this is this is beyond the curtain. This is this is now infringing upon our right to privacy. Well, and, and the you, you say okay, the argument of getting a warrant before you will that information is still being collected mm-hmm. and stored somewhere, so that I guess then you get a warrant, you can go and but it's still being collected and stored. Correct. So and this that's will the be, part you you yeah, have the beef with. This is this will be a problem for a lot of uh, not only liberals but libertarians too. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that those Venn diagrams overlap, but uh, this is this is a case where you're going to see some of that. So I thought those were interesting picks uh, coming out of, of Trump Tower yesterday. Many many more things, uh, include I, I guess the next big one everybody's looking at is Secretary of State, because Rula Giuliani came out and said he wasn't going to take Attorney General. So now you have uh, names like John Bolton and Giuliani, right. and uh, you know, some have even thrown Mitt Romney's name in there, though I find that kind of a little bit far-fetched. Oh, l- let's just say low odds on that. Okay. I, and and speculation's fine. I mean, 24-hour news cycle media's got to do something, so mm-hmm. if they want to play the speculation game on that and look at the back backs of these guys' baseball cards to... You know, sure. And that's out. just that's what this fine. is. Yeah. Yeah. They got to have something to talk about, too. We never need to stretch on this show, though, because of great guests like Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, coming up next here on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Squade with you this morning. Mm-hmm. If I was going to pick my cabinet, he'd be the runaway choice for Secretary of Pork, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're excellent. Hey, we, oh, spare no expense. That is a legitimate ski that yeah. is being opened and, and passed around the room here. Oh, you can hear it. It's it's sounded. Uh, did, did, are you gonna pour some out for Craig? Just pour a little out on the ground. I'm not gonna waste this. Okay, that's also a good call, Craig. We're, we're wondering. He get some, but he, I'm gonna pour on the ground. We're we're wondering how often you get to Iowa City. There is a restaurant that's gotten great reviews there called Stella, but it's also been getting hammered 
uh, in social media because they were discriminating against those who voted Trump as part of a cover charge. They were charging Trump voters $10 and Hillary voters $5. They were trying to say that those who voted for Trump were voting for discrimination. That didn't go over well in a Republican (laughs) state. Uh, are, are you familiar at all with either the eatery or the controversy? Uh, familiar about the controversy, not the eatery. So, I mean, you are talking about the People's Republic of Johnson County. So, um, you know, what, what, what us out in the, you know, the rest of the red state of Iowa thing uh, versus the one of the I think, six counties uh, that went for Hillary in the entire state of 99 counties, mm-hmm. well, you know. We'll see where this ends up going. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, uh, before we get into the serious things, was it a happy birthday? Because you left us last week by saying you passed up an opportunity to go to the party that Kinnick Stadium threw for you. And I'm just wondering if you're still feeling the burn for that. <laughs> you know, I it was interesting. I was going out to dinner with my wife, and uh, I, I called an audible. I said, hey, uh, let's go to a place where at least the game will be on and I can kind of just follow along visually. And uh, I, I realized my, my regret right away. And, uh, yeah, well, I, it would have been a fantastic birthday had I been in Iowa City. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. All right, let's get down to it, Craig. Town Hall recently put together an article that basically said if you're a Democrat, you might want to avert your eyes for the next couple of years. They were looking ahead to the midterm elections, and I believe they said of the 33 seats that are going to be up at the senatorial level, 25 of them are held by Democrats or two independents that caucus with the Democrats. If you're the Republicans, are you eager for this opportunity, do you view it with a little bit of trepidation because you're thinking, well, if things don't go well in the first 16 months or so for Trump, the country may move against us the other way? Or the mere fact that you're only defending a handful of seats, is this just an opportunity no matter how things go the next 24 months? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of an insurance policy that, um, you know, it, it's a, it, there's not much growth potential for Democrats. And so, look, you're going you're gonna, to you know, defend these seats. And I think the, the interesting thing would be to look at, um, you, you know, are, what are the Republican pickup opportunities? And, and I think we need a uh, Republican Party that's going to go on the offensive. Um, and again, I think there's a lot of things that this Trump administration and Republicans in the House and Senate can do that would really put Democrats uh, in a bind. I mean, for example, if you actually proposed and, and limited, you know, a tax cut to working class, middle class people, you know. So you, you, you don't inflate the number by, you know, adding a bunch of people who don't pay taxes anyway or, or, or really focusing on the, the wealthiest few percent. If you really targeted a middle class tax cut, I think they'd have to go along with it just based on how, what a beating they took uh, out there in, in rural America. Is that self-awareness level for Iowa Democrats there, or are they still in shell shock? <laughs> They're not in shell shock. They're in, like, panic mode. I mean, they're having this big internal discussion about, you know, who's going to lead our party, who's going to rebuild this. And what they don't, I think, realize is that the, the activists um, couldn't be further away from 
you know, from where the people are at that they, they that they've lost. I mean, you even look at it, you know, where you you have a representative um, uh, Ellison from Minnesota who's going to run for DNC chair. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, they need to stop playing this this you know politics of, of appealing to the minorities and and all of these people. You know. I, do you think it's the right thing to just, you know, here's a here's a here's a here's a guy who, who's a Muslim who's going to lead our party? I mean, this is kind of what I know that we believe that we live in this world where that doesn't matter. We take everyone at their own merits, all that stuff, right? We we know the PC language, but is that the right move for a party that has lost? Um, the blue-collar, working-class people in this country, who I think looks at the Black Lives Matter movement and says, hey, I'm not that. I'm not that. And so when Hillary parades the, the mothers of these victims on the stage at, at, at her convi- conviction and, and all that, I mean, I think they've sent a message to law enforcement. We're not with them. And so, again, I think that they've so ignored, I think, the real fabric of this country, uh, the, the normal, regular-class people who don't, live and breathe politics every day, that they, you know, I don't know if they can help themselves by trying to exploit, you know, these little margins uh, they have with, with different minority factions of this country. That's what their party's built on, and I think that's why it's struggling. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, so many conservatives and those who voted for Trump and those who have been with the GOP have taken the win by Trump and the large margins that were seen in other states like Missouri, where uh, whole whole ballots were going to the GOP. And they were sort of crowing and saying, yeah, it's time for the Democrats to do some soul searching and and review where they're coming up short. And while that may be true, uh, is it time for the Republicans to admit to themselves what you were just talking about? They may not have gone out and won this so much as the Democrats lost it by alienating so many different portions of our country, Republicans may be assuming that they are taking too much credit, that they did too much right, when I don't think that was the case. I think they purely no. benefited from being the other option after Democrats alienated so many people. No, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And and you know, there's always people who will take credit for a victory after it's been won. And and I think that this is again why I mean in I I can you know let's just of Iowa right now, you know, the last two election cycles, 2014 and 2016, these social issues were on the back burner. And I think it made our, our general election candidates a little bit, you know, uh, easier for, for some people to get behind, where, you know, it wasn't everything that the, I mean, there's been elections where it seems like everything that we're talking about is abortion or, you know, some controversial topic. And, and, you know, I think what Trump did in this election and, and frankly, what Republicans did in 2014, people like Joni Ernst, they, they didn't live there. They, they made their campaigns about something completely different than that. And, look, I think Republicans win elections when, it's, when, we, when, when we're not, you know, being able to be defined by a stance on a social issue. And we can, we can talk to people about reasonable issues. Um, such as immigration, such as tax reform, such as, um, you know, uh, national defense and those sort of things. Such as uh, taxpayer funding for 
uh, public universities. Uh, that's one of the, <laughs> the suck it up buttercup. This is uh, kind of the, the big Iowa thing over the last, uh, well, this week in the uh, national news. I'm not familiar with uh, Bobby, Bobby Kaufman. Uh, perhaps, perhaps you are. How is that playing? I, I think I get the idea how it's playing, at least in the Des Moines Register, but how is that playing in central Iowa or Cedar Rapids or Davenport? Well, hey, here's here's an instance where um, I think this type of thing, uh, you know, where it is maybe designed more to get attention and eyeballs more than anything else. But I think if you voted for Trump uh, a couple Tuesdays ago uh, and you see this coming out, you're like, yeah, yeah, this mm-hmm. is the stuff that I like. Because, you know what, what are we doing by coddling these kids and, and, and praising them for protesting because they don't like an election result? I mean... My Lord, what happens if they don't get the job they applied for? Or even worse, you know, um, they lose a loved one uh, somewhere down the road. So I think this is, this is a really smart move. And, and I, it's, a, it's a serious issue where we're, we're going to let kids out of class, let them protest, let them, you know, we're, we're going to devote all this time and effort to coddling these kids and, you know, the taxpayers on the hook for it. Um, I like this. I like where it's going. Uh, even if it doesn't necessarily result to any meaningful or actual change, is the is is labeling this uh, conversation from Kaufman is labeling it bullying getting any traction? Uh, no, <laughs> I haven't really heard that. No, it's a um, Des Moines Register thing. Well, of course, of course. No, I don't think it's bullying, and I think that I mean, isn't that what the protesters are doing? I didn't get my way. Stop! Stop! I mean, we, they shut down Interstate 80, you know, uh, last weekend. And I don't know. I mean, I, I actually have talked to Kaufman about this. I said, how is that any different than the governor of New Jersey's, uh, you know, people in his office shutting down a bridge? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I mean, uh, to me, it's a public safety matter. I can't believe they, like, when, when, when protesters shut down an interstate, I have a big problem. If you want to protest on the side of the street, that's fine. And, and, and you want to make a display, and I see it, that's fine. You start shutting down major thoroughfares. By the way, the University of Iowa Hospital, you know, sits there, and, and if you're impeding someone that's on their way to the hospital, maybe to give birth or an ambulance in, uh, you know, uh, in an accident scenario, I have a huge problem with that. Um, so I think there is some seriousness and some discussion we need to have versus, oh, my God, you know, Hillary Clinton ran these god-awful campaign ads against Donald Trump, and then he actually wins, and now the ramifications are you got a bunch of people who just can't believe who the president of the United States is. Well, and people who were encouraged by the sitting president to keep protesting. Right, right. No, they love the chaos. And, and, and here's the thing. Democrats have to be careful for this, too, because I think it reinforces, if you voted for Trump, and then you see this reaction, I think mm-hmm. they're back here quietly saying, you know what? I'm, I'm just, that's not where I want my country to go. And, and I, I talked to my mom the day after the election, and, and she told me that, you know, she was fearful if that Hillary was going to win. And I thought, boy, that's, like, I hadn't heard anyone say it in that way. But I think what she was fearful of is what we're seeing. This, this, this you know, shame on you for being a, you know, normal red-blooded American. We have to embrace and coddle 
you know, all the all these unique individuals in our society and, and keep propping them up. You know, my mom's someone who works with a lot of young people, uh, manages a lot of young people, and and you know, she routinely tells me, you know, the work ethic isn't there. That that you know, they'll just quit or they won't come in or or, or whatever the deal is. Um, and and so I think that when I talked to her the day after the election, and really a, kind of a light bulb came. I didn't think she was all that big of a, a Trump supporter, but, you know, here she was. I think she just doesn't like the direction of the country. And uh, and she voted for change. And and really, taking it back to the universities, couldn't, like, the regents kind of put a stop to this quicker than anything else? Well, you got to remember, the, the, um, the president of the regents... Uh, is a kind of a lightning rod the register likes to go after too i mean they, they could i would quietly do it i don't know if i'd want to be on the front page um with my displeasure um on that if i was a regent um just because i think that a lot of a lot of the news coverage would be very partisan about that so i mean we already saw it with the harkin institute and all of these things so uh, the, the regents dynamic is, is kind of interesting uh, in its own right, you know, with the, the Bruce Harold hiring, um, that's where I, I would like to see a, a college president come out and say, hey, guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the, the election is over. You're not going to change anything. Uh, you know, you can be focused about what you're going to do four years from now if you don't like the president, but, like, we're not going to have four years of protest because you didn't get your way. Yeah. That's just not how America works. Craig Robinson with us this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, the president, President Obama, in Berlin yesterday uh, decided to take some time to lame duck tour. <laughs> he, he, he cautioned everybody about the threat fake news uh, poses to democracy. Uh, I'm going to give him a quote here. We're not serious about facts and what's true and what's not, and particularly in an age of social media where so many people are getting their information and sound bites and snippets off their phones a a lot of people immediately jumped on this and said yeah fox news i think this is more about uh the beginning of making the case to shutter information sources deemed unacceptable globally now that you have an international body kind of uh, taking charge of the internet don't you do you see it that way i mean as somebody who ran the iowa republican that's concerning well yeah no i i do but i i mean this is this is a conversation worth having if our traditional media didn't go out and try to outdo the fake news media sites. I mean, they're all in it for headlines. I mean, I was last night, you know, when the news came across that, that Trump had appointed um, uh, Flynn as his uh, national security advisor, I flipped on CNN and it took them all of about 2.3 seconds to talk about how, uh, you, you know, he is, you know, he's an Islamic phobe, and, you know, uh, alt-right was thrown around and all this stuff. And, by the way, this is a guy who couldn't be selected as, as Trump's running mate because he was a Democrat, pro-choice, and all of these things. Um, I mean, it's just amazing how quick they want to get down to the tabloid um, type of reporting. That's CNN. I, I mean, and so I think if, if you, if you want to have a problem with all these fake news sites, then then the regular the traditional media needs to step up their game and be, and they're not. They're down in the gutter, too, because it's all clickbait. 
Mm-hmm. It's all about, yeah. you know, oh you, oh, you won't believe what Clay's, what Clay's wearing today. Click here, you know, type of, type of stuff. Three-button Henley. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're clicking on that, I mean, November you, shorts. you've come to the end of the Internet. Uh, Craig, is, is, is this why you've stopped running the IowaRepublican.com? Well, in a way, I think that I think that traditional blogs have kind of um, had their cycle a little bit, and um, I, I don't think the influence is quite there. Um, I, I plan to do something with the site eventually, um, but it's it, it's kind of one of those things that when you back in the day, you know, ten years ago when when I you know started all this. You know, you could really shape the media. You could bring something up and push it and force them to cover it. Now they're out there trying to – I mean, I've sat in a governor's press conference in Iowa, okay? And, and we're talking about serious stuff, right? And I've seen a 60-year-old reporter um, interrupt, interrupt, interrupt to ask Terry Branstead about the Iowa Hawkeyes' pink locker room. And I'm sitting there, the blogger in the room. I'm sitting there, and I just, I just blurt. I'm like, you have to be kidding me. This is the Des Moines Register. You have to be kidding me. And what was the, what was the top story on the Register? Terry Branstad's comments about the pink locker room, and and all this stuff. I mean, this was only a couple of years ago, and and it's all because of clickbait. They wanted a video. They wanted the story, it's, and it was all tied into the the. You know the the gay lesbian thing. I mean, it's so stupid. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Why are we wasting? This? I I was confused by it. I'm like, why are we asking him about this today? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because the register wanted a bunch of clicks. Greg Robinson, and, and it's a hot button issue. The Iowa Republican. Craig, we're up against it. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate the insights, bud. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, guys. Craig Robinson. We'll wrap it up next on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. We missed stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. That's the end of the week. Quaid, go out and celebrate. A study from Penn State shows that after tracking adults for six years, that drinking alcohol helps you preserve good cholesterol and drastically cuts your risk of stroke later in life. Now, the key word here is moderate, so, you know, mm-hmm. ease up a little bit. Coming up next week on The Morning Meeting, change. That's going to be the overwhelming theme next week and his honor. Maricom oh, Morgan on Monday, yes. Kick off the week with us on Monday. Yep, yep. So that's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's another week of The Morning Meeting. Grab the podcast wherever you get yours. Last five, always up at WTAD.com. We'll see you Monday. Join us again Monday for the best talk in the Tri-States. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.